0: Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: This is what flow from Progressive sounds like in one of our many hilarious commercials. Hi, did you know that you can get a quote on your motorcycle insurance in under three minutes at Progressive.com? And did you know that saying hi makes even bad news sound good? Hi, you have high cholesterol. Hi, you're fine. And this is what that same commercial sounds like on your motorcycle. Hi, there's no more cake. Oh. Even our commercials sound better on a bike. And with basic policy starting at $75 a year, Progressive helps keep you on yours. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all or situations.
3: This is The Baseline. Discussing the hot-button topics of the NBA. Welcome, everybody. You're tuned to The Baseline. Kyle Lee, Warren Shaw, discussing the hot-button topics of the NBA. NBA season has officially begun, and it did not, it it did not, you know, you couldn't hesitate but already feel the uh, the tension and the excitement in the air. Um, What an amazing week of NBA basketball, and it's just great to be in the mix of it. You know how we do, and you know how I love to, Discuss these topics. I got to do it with my right-hand man, 50 Grand, NBA aficionado. Big man on campus. Run things down there in Fort Lauderdale, My man, Mr. Warren Shaw, repping out of Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Holler back at me, Mr. Shaw. How excited are you about this NBA season, brother?
0: I'm bouncing off the walls, brother. Salute, salute to all defense listeners of NBA Baseline. So happy to be back and talking about real basketball that matters so much. Regular season is fully underway, man. It's a great show that we have in store for our fans, man.
3: Uh, listen, in the immortal words of Russell Westbrook, that's cute. That's cute. <laughs> <laughs> um, man, let me tell you something. Um, just really some amazing basketball that, that was played. You know, it's interesting, Shaw. We, we did our show where we discussed the NBA schedule. And I found it interesting that some of the games that we didn't have an opportunity to really dig into that already through the course of the first couple of games, um, they really lent themselves to kind of reintroducing people and in a way reminding people that as much as there's so much going on with football, you've got the World Series going on. Uh, I mean, even the tennis fanatics out there are probably tuning into the WTA Finals and the ATP Finals. Man, it, it's so imperative to know what these teams are doing at the outset of the season. People still think that it feels like the preseason, but when you've got matchups like the Golden State Warriors taking on the San Antonio Spurs and uh, games like the Indiana Pacers and the Chicago Bulls, you have if you're a, if you're a baller if you're a basketball fan you have to tune into these games because you're getting a look at some new teams being rounded out man it's just exciting to see man
0: and that's exactly it. I mean, I think you want to get these first looks to kind of see where people are, where teams are. Um, And, you know, if you're overestimating, underestimating some of these teams and rosters, again, you know, you don't want to get too far ahead of yourself. So this still the first week, and, you know, who they are in Game 1 isn't who they're necessarily going to be in Game 82. But nevertheless, he said, we're just happy to have really meaningful basketball back, and that's why we're going to discuss it all. Indeed, indeed,
3: sir. So great, great show we have lined up for you. Uh, in a few moments, we'll give you our segment, The Breakdown. And uh, the topic is going to be first week impressions, uh, litany of different storylines uh, with in regards to the first week of the NBA. Sean and I will run through them and give you our thoughts and perspective. Uh, and then also in our segment of The Drop, we have a segment. The topic is called Rookie Reaction. Um, you know, the rookies are out to ball. Uh, who is already showing you signs that they have a very bright future ahead of them? And uh, who are you going to be a little bit concerned about uh, as far as time and, and opportunity goes? Uh, will be being a rookie uh, either stymie their growth um, or will they be somebody that's going to be coddled by the organization? So uh, definitely a great topic of conversation to discuss even in the early outset of this uh, NBA season. And of course, I covered it coast to coast where we give you the news happening in the association. So great show lined up. As always, be sure to get at my man Shaw at Shaw Sports NBA or get at me at Game Face Lee. The show's Twitter handle at NBA Baseline. Available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, uh, Player FM, Microsoft TuneIn. Also available on Google Music and the Roku channel. So be sure to download any one of those platforms. Allow us to be your go-to resource discussing all things NBA. Big shout-outs to our peoples down in South Florida, Freeman and Fox, the Sports Brothers. Be sure to check out their show Uh, The Sports Brothers, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Great show, discusses all topics of sports, and then also features us, the Baseline NBA podcast, where we give you everything you need to know from an NBA perspective. These guys do great work, so we encourage you to follow them via Facebook, via Twitter, uh, but definitely check out the Sports Brothers. So with that being said, before we get right into our thing, you know, we got bills to pay, we got people to big up and affiliates to shout out. If you don't have your sports gear ready for this upcoming NBA season, you're doing yourself a disservice. But in order to redeem yourself, we're giving you that opportunity. Go to FanEssentials.net where you can get all the latest and great sports gear supporting your favorite team as you go through this NBA season. Prices start at $14.99 and $34.99. But if you go online, you get yourself set up, get all your gear ready. When you go to the checkout, use Baseline, and you get 30% off your first month. Once again, if you go to the pro, uh, go to the checkout, you use the promo code, put in Baseline, you'll get 30% off your first month. So be sure to go to fanessentials.net and get the essentials you need for this upcoming NBA season. You know how we do, and you know how we like to set it off. It's time now for The Breakdown. Time to break it I'll down. Break down the bone time now for The Breakdown. Cal Lee, Warren Shaw, of the Baseline NBA podcast. And this is what it comes down to. The NBA season tips off. Great games on tap Uh, Top to bottom, already early signs of a high level of competitiveness. Usually we say to ourselves that some of these teams, they have to work themselves into, you know, getting prepared and getting ready for an NBA season. Some teams may take a a game. A couple teams may actually take a couple weeks. A few teams like to mess around and try and, uh, you know, make a run for the, uh, the worst record in NBA season and not win a game for a couple months. Who knows? But definitely when the season tips off, um, all hands are on deck and all 30 teams um, are playing at such a high level. And Shaw, the first thing that I want to get an idea from you is, is what stood out in your mind when you when you saw the games, uh, the matchups, the play, um, you know, the dunks, the highlight reels? What was your first impressions of this first week of the NBA?
0: Overall, I think it's just the gaudy statistics that some guys are able to put up. I mean, we'll talk about individual performances, you know, a little bit later on overall, but Anthony Davis, Westbrook, Harden, even DeMar DeRozan, Jonas Valanciunas even, you know, some gaudy numbers too. I'm just looking at all of those things and, and saying, wow, you know, these people are, they're ready. You know, they they came out the gate strong and it's great to see such gaudy numbers from a fantasy standpoint, from a regular standpoint as a fan, just to see these guys put up these types of statistics and you wonder if they can keep it up all year. That's Thing that stuck out to me the most. What about you?
3: Well, the first thing that I think about is how are all of these new moving pieces going to gel in in the midst of an NBA season? Um, and you can clearly see that for some teams, you can tell some of the moves that were made in the offseason, like for the Utah Jazz, really good moves, solid moves. Um, and then you can clearly see like for teams like the Golden State Warriors, When the first game that you're playing is really one of the teams that were one of your true uh, battle-tested teams last season when you were on that run to 73 wins and then you make this major piece, you you, you make this move where you get a person like a Kevin Durant on your team and you're trying to figure out how this team is going to gel, how they're going to offensively execute, play uh, their defensive rotations, and you're doing it against a juggernaut franchise like the San Antonio Spurs for the most part has all of their necessary pieces that they've had from last year. And you can clearly see the, the the differences between the two. You can see a team like the Cleveland Cavaliers, who just fresh came off of a run to an NBA title, achieving the unachievable, and they can stick their chests out. And then you've got this revamped New York Knicks team that looks like for maybe a couple of quarters, they may not know, may, they may know what they're doing. But then once they start feeling the pressure, once the opposition starts kind of putting the heat on them, Then all of a sudden, they start looking to figure out who's going to be their go-to guy. So to me, the thing that stands out is a lot of moving parts, and it's going to take a few games for some of these teams that we definitely have our eye on as being the top dogs in not just the division, but the conferences, that with those new pieces, they're going to take a little bit of time for them getting used to. But we can clearly see the potential of how dangerous they can be if they are all clicking on all cylinders.
0: Right, and and I think that's what it is. You've got to preach caution when you see this first week. It's only the first couple, two, maybe three games for for most teams. Some guys, some teams actually did play four games in the week, but you know you don't want to overreact. But like I said, it's just great to have the NBA back in general. Um, and we will see how these teams matriculate throughout the season and you know, what trades may need to be made. You know, I think some teams are probably getting a good idea of you know what maybe we're not as good as we thought we were, and. Maybe we overestimated some Orlando Magic. Um, you know, they've looked, really, they've looked really really, bad to begin the year. So you just have to wonder which teams and which players are still going to be with, you know, kind of moving forward throughout the entire I'll season. agree with you on this. The, Oma- the Orlando Magic definitely hasn't
3: looked good. But I, I got to admit, man, Frank Vogel—he's been looking pretty sharp, man. He's—he's—he's he's, he's looking he's like somebody. Uh, I'm just—I'm just saying, he's looking pretty sharp, man. I, he's looking like somebody that's acclimating himself quite nicely in the South Florida, the Central Florida area and stuff. You know, it's kind of hard because you know he's out there in the Midwest, so you know he couldn't get—he—he couldn't—he couldn't flash out those those uh those plaid those plaid shirts. You know, what I'm saying with the blazers and everything. But now, you know, I think he's feeling a little comfortable in his own skin. But to your point, and and you know, of course. You know, I don't want to take nothing from DJ Foster and you and you guys and stuff like that, because clearly you guys still have the magic as your sleeper picks. But there's time. But I agree with you. They, they have not looked magical to, they, they, at all. Not not so far in the first three games that they've played.
0: Now, yeah, very disappointing. And I think more specifically, even Serge, Serge Baka hasn't looked all that great. Um, the lineups haven't seemed to be able to really mess between the three bigs, Vucevic, Baka, and Biambo. Um So, you know, they're a team that you know, I'm, I'm concerned about. Um, that they're not playing good defense. You know, offensively they struggled as well too. So for me, when you look at that team and especially when I pick them as a team that could potentially fight for a playoff spot and may obviously be second in the in the Southeast Division as well too, to see them come off to this all in three start as we record the show and just and not play good basketball, um it's very concerning for me.
3: Well, I listen, I, I think that, that that it will come down to and, and again, this is what happens when you have a new head coach and how he wants to utilize the personnel that he has. This was one of the things that I think even DJ Foster had raised the the, the the concern to. So it was kind of a hard sell for me in believing that the Magic were going to be a team that would, wouldn't be that considered like that sleeper team. I, I will put, I'll put it like this, Shaw, because like we said, it's very early, um, but something is going to have to give. And I think it's going to be on the shoulders of Frank Vogel to figure that out. Because I I think it will not be long before you see a couple of these players kind of take themselves out of the fold, so to speak, and make it easy for Frank Vogel to do what he feels is necessary to put a team like this Orlando Magic in the best possible position to win on a night-in, night-out basis. So to me, I think right now, this is kind of like a a trial run, so to speak. That maybe the preseason wasn't enough time of an indicator for how he wants to set up using this basketball team. But to your point, um, Jeff Green, Serge Ibaka, um, Evan Fournier to some degree, I just feel like some of these guys are veteran components that really should be helping some of these younger guys. And it feels like the younger guys are outshining these veteran guys, which begs to question, how long will it be before Frank Vogel starts pulling the plug on minutes for guys that really aren't deserving of it if they're not going to help him win basketball games?
0: Well, it's interesting you mentioned that because I think that was a a topic of conversation you know in their in the final game that they played in the week versus the Cleveland Cavaliers it was their bench that brought them back it wasn't their starting lineup it was their bench guys guys like you mentioned DJ Augustine and Jeff Green you know some other you know you know lesser known dudes Aaron off the Gordon, bench Aaron Gordon Aaron yeah, you know? Gordon I mean well he starts but I mean yeah, he he was part of that that But is that he but, but is he well really too. a
3: starter show I don't even know so much as he, as much as him as a starter because he really should be playing in the position that Serge Ibaka is playing
0: well, I mean, they have, right. They haven't playing at the small forward position, which is. Again, he says that's what he wanted to do, and he got his wish, especially with all the bigs that they have. But when you look at it, I, again, when you start to really wonder what's going to happen, if they were to move somebody, we've already talked about this on the Southeast Division preview, it would probably probably mean they they move Vucevic so that Gordon can slide to a, a more natural power forward position and they get some sort of wing two or three guy um, that can be, be, be more serviceable, serviceable for them on a regular basis than a guy who can really score. But, again, we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but Orlando... A little bit of concern, you know, out the gate to begin the year. All right, so let me
3: go ahead and start firing off to you, Shaw, some themes, and I just want to get your 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 take on them, um, whether or not you you like it, don't like it, you're feeling it, not feeling it, whatever the case may be. First things first, Dwayne Wade shooting threes in
0: Chicago. What? Well, I mean, I like it for Chicago and, you know, for, for that, for everybody and all the names. That, that might say. be the
3: only thing going for Chicago right now because it's not looking good for them in baseball. But I hear where you're coming from.
0: Yeah, nonetheless, I mean, it's great for them to bounce back and and, and and just kind of prove everybody wrong. Hey, you know, Jimmy Butler was like, hey, this is not bad for a bunch of guys who can't shoot. You know, they they beat Boston and Wade does a great job. I think he had four threes that game or whatever it was. And then, you know, they come out the next couple nights later and, and they're just thrash the Indiana Pacers who are supposed to be everybody's, you know, not necessarily a sleeper pick, but you know that team that's taking that next step in the Eastern Conference and potentially be maybe a two or three seed this year. You know they haven't looked great, all they look all that great as well either. But nevertheless, Chicago has has done what they needed to do. Rondo double digit assists, I think in both games. Wade's played well, Butler's played well, and things seem to be going well for Chicago thus far.
3: All right, Houston Rockets. Offensively, no problem. Defensively, problem.
0: Yeah, that first game losing against the Lakers, you know, a little bit unexpected, you know, on their home floor. Um, you know, I mean, Houston was on the road and LA's home floor, and I, did, I still thought that wasn't going to be an issue for them. But nevertheless, it just goes to show if you don't play defense, especially down the stretch of games, you know, you can you can get burned. And, uh, you know, they, they they took a nub, but they bounced back and beat Dallas pretty handily, you know, in the following game as well. So, you know, I think this Houston Rockets team, they're going to give you all the offense you can handle. Harden's going to, you know, Average nearly triple-double for the entire season. Um, and it's just going to be about those second and third guys. Can they be consistent on a regular basis? All right. Dame Dalla, are you feeling like a million bucks out there in Portland, man? How can you not? You know, Dame Dollar out there rocking it, man. Got the fresh album that everybody seems to love and is out there making his MVP case with a vengeance you know in the first couple of games of the, of the season Hello, it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at Chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's Chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life.
1: No purchase necessary. DGW room void are prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
0: With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about
2: anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo when we lost track of time.
1: No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky.
2: Play for free at Luckylandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Boyd were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: You know, hasn't hit less than 30 points at all you know, hit a game winner, multiple threes. This guy is just doing everything. He's a monster. He's a beast. And, you know, I'm excited to see what he's going to be able to bring throughout the rest of the regular regular season and into the postseason as well. And, and again, this really could be maybe we did overlook him as an MVP candidate.
3: All right. Russell Westbrook already getting flipped the bird by opposing fans. Is this not the time for
0: Russell Westbrook to unleash on the NBA? Only in Philly, man. And I guess Russ is going to get a lot of that going throughout the season. You know, he's a guy who's very excitable. I, I think I tweeted, I was like, you know, he's more hyped than the Annie Up remix, man. He's just, he's always 100%. I, listen, man,
3: does it, not, does, it not, does it not get to you a little bit? I was, I was hoping that he would get all crazy and stuff, but all he did was is just kind of just do that little flip to the, he's like, oh, really? Like, who is this? Like, he's like, no, who, he like can't sir, do that. Like, yeah, really? Like, he can't do that. He I, can't do that. But he in all play. honesty, though, I, I really think, like, while that guy got up, and he dropped. He, he he actually dropped three birds. He dropped the two middle fingers coming out of his hands, and then you should have seen how his pot belly flipped up when he jumped up out of his seat just to do it. Oh, there! And and listen, all respect to Russell Westbrook because me personally, this might be my conspiracy theory for, theory for the week. I don't think Russell Westbrook was was pointing at the at the fan like you know what is this like who is this? I think he was pointing at his gut. He's like, what is that? Like <laughs> Sir that will not fit in my true religion genes. No 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 no.
0: No no no. But yeah, Russ is, is again he's gonna set the league on fire or he has a you know the first fifty point triple double since Kareem. I mean that's just again I, what what he's about to unleash on this league is is, is, is again I don't know if we're seeing and, and are gonna be ready for it. so kudos to him, although it, I have to wonder, can he play with that type of intensity and energy on an every-night basis if that's what it's going to take for them to win? And He's going to feel like he's going to have to burn himself out. There's just no way he can continue to do that. All the deep on those guys really definitely need to give him some I got to tell
3: you, though, Shaw, like as impressive as it already is seeing what Russell Westbrook is doing, and a lot of people really has him as a favorite for for being the MVP. But aside from that, I did notice a couple of things when I watched the Thunder play this basketball game. And we've said this before, man. You know, Russell Westbrook is gonna act like he doesn't need Kevin Durant. And maybe in some way, shape, or form, he may actually need he may need someone that, that is of a stature or um has a demeanor of a Kevin Durant. Because I've noticed already Russell Westbrook, man, he will push things to the edge a little bit. And he's that kind of guy where he's a lot more controlled than Boogie Cousins. You know, you can already see Boogie Cousins. You know he, you know he's amping. He's he 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 was real quiet the first couple of games, and then just the other night, man, he was just like, you know what? I think I'm due for a tech. So let me man, just go ahead and get one. let me just go <laughs> and get teed up real quick and stuff. He's like, I'm falling behind on my tees for the year. So, but with Russell Westbrook, man, he's got that you know he's got that fire in him. And at times, I think it's blinded fire. You know what I mean? And there are moments where he just he 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 goes off, and I don't think he realizes who's around him you know, how it affects other people, even his own teammates. And I'm just saying that there may come a point where, you know, if they go through a tough, tough stretch of games, losing streak, whatever the case may be, he's going to need a common presence. This is where Billy Donovan is going to be so critical because Victor Oladipo will never be that guy, okay? Because the moment that Kevin Durant chose to leave and the moment that Presty goes ahead and gets Victor Oladipo, everything is just like, all right, well, now Westbrook has his robin. There's no Oladipo being better than Westbrook, you know? And there comes a point where there's going to have to be somebody in that locker room that's going to have to calm down, you know what I'm saying, the Phoenix that is Russell Westbrook at times. And I don't know if whether or not they have anyone there, and it may have to be Billy Donovan. And I don't know if Billy Donovan is going to be capable of calming down a guy who could at times be a little too uncontrollable.
0: I mean, I think that's a great point, too. You know, you really have to think about this team and this Russ. Durant was kind of the yin to the yang, if you will, of, of Russ's fire. And then from a veteran standpoint, there it really isn't anybody on this team that can really outrank Russ, you know, or that Russ could go to and, you know, kind of say, you know what, you know, what do you see out there? And, you know, how can I make things better? He He's a leader, you know, Nick Collison's on the team and, you know, he's probably the most experienced guy there too. But, you know, I don't know if, you know, Russ is listening to Nick Collison. <laughs> I mean, I don't think that's somebody that he's looking at as a, as a veteran leader on, on, the, on the roster. And I, I think they may need to add somebody of that ilk, if you will, especially if Donovan doesn't feel like he can control. Control Russ, And maybe that's the wrong word to use. You know, you're not trying to control anybody, but you definitely want to make sure you that everyone's going on on the same page at, at, at all times. And Russ can get derailed sometimes, as you as you mentioned. Um, But overall, his fire is what drives his team. So, you know, it's kind of the you know, you got to take the good with the bad, especially if OKC has any chance of competing in the West.
3: Oh, definitely. You're tuned to the baseline. Cali Warren Shaw discussing the hot button topics of the NBA. First week impressions is our breakdown conversation. Uh, for today, be sure to check out my man Shaw. He's always available on Twitter at Shaw Sports NBA. All right, Kawhi Leonard playing at an MVP level was the snake bite from the Mamba. That important for what we're seeing from Kawhi Leonard.
0: Kawhi is amazing, bro. There's just no two ways about it. You know, it's an article that I'm that I'm thinking about potentially writing. You know, just how he's really taken that leap, and it's a conversation that maybe we can have on our show at a at a later date. You know, I think his ascension is complete. He's there. He's he's an elite NBA player. He's, you know, an MVP candidate, all of those things. But I still think the common fan and the casual fan is still you know, overlooking him a little bit, and that's because he came in as a defender. And guys who come in with that defensive ilk initially – don't necessarily get the same props when their offense ca- catches up, and it's funny because it does kind of go in reverse. If a guy who comes in as you know setting the world on fire and shooting 30, getting 30, 40 points a game, and then becomes a, a decent defender as well, they seem to get that respect initially because offense is what sells, and that's what people are attracted to. But the defender whose offense ends up catching up, that seems to be a little bit of an issue for some of the casual fans. But Kawhi is there, man. He's 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 everything people have been advertising. You know those who know that know the, know about the league, and I'm so excited for his success this year.
3: Finally, the right. Kawhi has come back to the NBA. I, listen, I even said this on the Freeman and Fox show over this past weekend, man, that I, I, I was getting tired of Greg Popovich just teasing us with Kawhi Leonard because for, I, I just feel like he's kept him on a leash. And I feel like now that Kawhi has figured this thing out, and maybe it took Kobe Bryant, you know, to, to, to leave the game so he can get permission or something. I don't know what it is, you know, <laughs> but this killer instinct in Kawhi Leonard, I really feel like has been the difference between why the San Antonio Spurs have fallen short since they won that championship back in 2014. Okay. Yeah. And, and the thing that's really dis- disheartening at times is that while I understand that they went out and they got a LaMarcus Aldridge, and I don't know why, let's I, look, Lamarcus, there's a, there's a method to the, the, the San Antonio Spurs madness. And this is exactly the reason why the San Antonio Spurs will again be, if not the first best, but the second best team in the NBA. Because one, they play defense. And two, they always continue to continually get the kind of personnel that consistently works in within the system that Greg Popovich tries to implement. And even when those those players and personnel don't, he flips the system so it works for them until he can get them to play under the system he needs them to play, which will be at a championship level. But I don't understand why everyone has this premise and thought about LaMarcus Aldridge and how LaMarcus Aldridge will be a great NBA player, okay? I don't know if he'll be Tim Duncan great, but his demeanor is so much like Tim Duncan, okay? And over the last five years, It wasn't Tim Duncan's killer instinct that won them championships or put them in the top five, in the top two in the Western Conference. It was the collective play in the system. Now, those players are getting old and they need to replenish. In the meantime, you need a buffer. And that buffer was Kawhi Leonard. And between when they won the championship and up until these last couple of games, Kawhi Leonard has always played at a level that is just like Just good enough, but not great enough. Now he's playing at a level that you can say he can be great. He literally can be great. Because he can effortlessly give you 30 points a night without taking the number of shots that Westbrook has to take, without taking the number of shots that Curry has to take or Durant has to take. You can give him 10 shots. And if he makes half of them, he'll still wind up with 30-something points because his game translates into a, a, a way where he can hit the mid range, but he can drive with a level of aggression with a sense of purpose. And that's what made Kobe great. That's what's going to make Kawhi Leonard great. That's what's going to make the San Antonio Spurs get off to the fast start that they already are on right now.
0: Yeah, you're right. And the funny thing about all this is that in the games that they played early in the week here, you uh, know, didn't look all that awesome. You know, he struggled especially those first two games. And, you know, he might be going the, through the LMA. The
3: the L, the LA,
0: the LA syndrome last season. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, you know, you just have to, you know, and, and wait it out. And they were still amazing. So, again, Popovich and the Spurs, you can't say enough about them in terms of doing things right. Um, but they have an amazing one. They have an elite one in Kawhi Leonard. And, again, it's just going to be great to see him. Lead this team and and take them in, in in the direction that they're trying to go for the for upcoming season. While LaMarcus Aldridge, Paul Gasol, they all kind of chip in and do their thing as well too. And Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili, listen, they'll they'll be the veteran guys, kind of like how we we're talking about. OKC doesn't have you know that that ilk of player on their team. Well, that's Tony Parker, Manu, Manu Ginobili now who can help. You know, with, you know, again, there's no fire that needs to be coached with Kawhi, but can, can continue to keep things on the right track on a regular basis with this team as well as having the leadership of Popovich on the sidelines as well too.
3: I couldn't agree with you more, Shaw. Okay, a few more of these before we ride off into the sunset. Atlanta Hawks, are they looking a lot more formidable than we were giving them credit for? I
0: don't know about that per se. I mean, listen, I, they're definitely the semi-pick to win the Southeast Division without, without question. Um, they haven't played anybody of any real elk, and no offense to your, to your beloved Washington Wizards, um, but, you know, just... Hey,
3: they <laughs> yeah. hung in with them for three quarters, man. They just yeah. had a
0: bad fourth quarter. Yeah, but, you know, Atlanta... The, the, when the I, wall hit a wall. What can I tell you, man? But they walked away from that, you know, kind of unscathed. And then, they, you know, they didn't play, you know, anybody of in, in real... I guess, you know, depth or, 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 interest in terms of Philadelphia 76ers. Yes. And beat is out there and did his thing too, but they beat them by almost 30. And you know, that just wasn't a fun game. So Atlanta off to a great start, you know, one of the better defensive teams out there to begin the young season. Bazemore um, doing his thing defensively, Millsap doing his thing offensively. Um, Schroeder doing his thing as well too. And coach, Bud has that team humming. I just don't want to get too far ahead of myself because I think they're good. I just don't think they're, you know, going okay, to get 85 okay. points per game. But, the entire that's season.
3: A, but, but that's what I'm saying though, Shaw. I'm, I get- guess when i say do they look more formidable than we may have given them credit credit for i think what i'm saying is is that all right listen these are these are the kind of games that in years past the atlanta hawks would probably go 50 50 on right but now they're beating these type of teams i think with ease and look we said the same thing about the atlanta hawks three years ago when they ran off 60 wins and we didn't give them any shot to 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 make it through the East to, to the NBA Finals against the Cleveland Cavaliers, who took all but what three fourths of the season before they got themselves together and actually looked like a, a a you know the basketball team that we expected them to be. So I mean, my thing is is that this team I think should be good enough to at least put themselves in a position where we're not questioning them within the realm of just within their own division. Can they match up against the Toronto Raptors? Can they match up against the the the, uh, the Boston Celtics? And we're even talking about how the Indiana Pacers are going to be a solid basketball team uh, this year, probably the only team, maybe, to give a run. We said this, you know, uh, basically in the preview. I know you weren't completely sold on them, but a lot of people think that this Indiana Pacers team is built to compete against the Cleveland Cavaliers. I'm just saying formidable in the sense that if you're talking about the Atlanta Hawks, these kind of games that they're blowing out the lesser, lesser teams are expected because it's looking like that team that clearly we overrated, but they clearly are a lot better than, than what we maybe have given them credit for because they sit in the vision where, again, mediocrity may actually be a good thing for these guys.
0: Well, yeah, I can see that, you know, and we still have to wait to see what happens throughout the rest of the regular season, and, and obviously in this first month or so, just, you know, who else they play within the division, when do they play the Cavaliers, when they they play the Raptors, when do they play the Celtics, and see how they match up, but I think defensively they're they're not taking the step back that I think a lot of people thought they were with Horford leaving. Howard is still an elite defender and a rim protector, and it's going to be different for them. He's not going to be able to switch, per se, onto, like, the, 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 the stretch fours like, how, like Horford would be able to do, but he's going to give them more overall rim protection, and it's going to give them a nice you know person on offense you know to do the the, the pick and roll and those lob you know from from Schroeder or whoever's running the point guard at that at that facility at that point at that time so I do still like Atlanta as as a team in the in the east of I mean eastern conference especially in the southeast specifically um and I again I'm anxious to see how they they play against some of the better teams out there
3: all right so finally uh, obviously, we can't do this show without bringing up something about the Golden State Warriors. Right. I mean, we, we need we, we obviously need some juice. Right. We need to make sure that our, our listeners are, are listening in. So we don't want to deprive Dub Nation. So here's my question for you, Shaw. Does it feel like KD has no problem fitting in with the Dubs or do the Dubs have a problem fitting in with KD?
0: Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with what Durant's doing. I don't think there's anything wrong with you know, the overall starting lineup per se other than the fact that it does lack. The rim protection that Bogut gave, and they have one less passer out there, but they got a great facilitator in Durant to, to replace them. Um, I think for them it's about rebounding and rim protection and, you know, overall depth, especially in the front court position. That small ball lineup, it, it works for the majority of the time, but, you know, some teams, it, it, you can't run it for 40 minutes out there sometimes. And I think that's where Golden State is going to have some of their issues. They're trying to just figure things out to begin the year. Overall, you know, hey, they, they, they look great. Curry's has been good clay thompson was especially good in their second game Draymond two good games as well too and Durant has been amazing in both um i'm not worried about this team at all you know getting getting waxed um by by again 30 points or whatever all right and it gets end up being like 19 points um by the san antonio spurs again we just talked about how great they are and how great Kawhi is again that's nothing to hold your head against and again they're not going to be that same team in game one that they will be in 82
3: hey, listen i'm not completely worried about you know i and i said this before if you're Kevin Durant, who do you think is the best basketball team to play with your skill set? I, I, you look up and down, every single one of these other teams, they're all trying to be like the Golden State Warriors in some way, shape, or form, maybe minus the San Antonio Spurs and maybe even minus the Cleveland Cavaliers to some level and degree. But, you know, one would argue with, Kev, with, with LeBron James that he clearly wants guys to space the floor and then they can just jack up shots all day long. They just can't shoot the ball like, like uh, Durant or like Curry or like Thompson. So, Or even like Draymond Green, for that matter. So you you play with what you have. But I agree with you. They're going to have to address their interior front court defense. Um, and I don't know if it's more scheme than it's going to be just a a, a pure... Uh, the, the, the guy stepping up to play. Um, I don't know how much longer they're going to be able to last having a guy like Zaza Pachulia in there because he is going to be an interior defensive liability. I don't think he's a liability uh, when it comes to stretching the floor. I think he still offers some athleticism there but he is not the most sound person when it comes to defense. Um, he's just a physical presence. So at some point, Shaw, do you think that they're going to probably have to make a move or are you expecting guys like Looney or McAdoo or McGee or any one of those guys are probably going to take up more of those minutes to establish that interior type presence, at least for a sustainable amount of a game, not so much you know, as the, as the permanent fix, so to speak, for what they're going to need to address.
0: I mean, that's the question, really, and we don't know. Any good team is really going to evaluate their talent and and see we'll see where they're at. So I think they'll they'll give all of those guys a chance to to be contributors, especially in the interim term. Um, a guy like McGee made the team, especially for that for that reason, to be a room protector to help them rebound and to keep teams away from uh, keep teams out of the paint. So they may give him a shot. Same thing with Looney and uh, and all that. But if they don't feel like they they they've, they've he done enough, he, could,
3: he couldn't he couldn't keep Jonathan Simmons away from that paint. No, I tell you that much. No, 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 that
0: was disgusting. Yo, he, you know, he ah. made my
3: he made my conspiracy theory look very suspect on that. <laughs> Maybe up to anything up to that point, I was just like, it might happen. I might have to start rounding up the campaign. But uh, that, that that Simmons dunk kind of all put that you know what i'm saying put that put that to shame i was just like oh man here we go man,
0: but great hey what a great debut for him you know and or not debut uh, opening night for him and you know a guy who's made it through the d league and you know really did his thing since uh, in, in game 1 and didn't do too much in the, in the next two games but that's the spurs way man hey you, anybody can do it at any given time and that's why you love them so much but overall i think if you're golden state you're just you're trying to evaluate and you have time to make moves you, know, you don't have to do anything um right now january february a lot of guys will become available if they feel like they still need that's still an area of concern for them then they'll have the opportunity and there's players maybe even someone free agency that that may want to come um that you know haven't been signed you know a couple of bigs out there as well too that they'll be able to evaluate and with guys who who would and 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 get their skill set up too through to be through throughout the rest of the season, too. So uh, Golden State's not in any, any hurry right now. They're just going to try to build the chemistry that they have with their core unit guys, and if they made them make a move for rebounding or room protection, then they will at a later date.
3: All right. Well, listen, honorable mentions to the Cleveland Cavaliers, off, you know, off to a really good start already for the start of the season. We expected that with them. San Antonio Spurs, we mentioned before. But how about the Los Angeles Lakers? Luke Walton getting the first win of his head coaching career as the Los Angeles Lakers head coach. And this is a basketball team that does look competitive. He's uh, he's somebody that I really think is going to do good for this young Los Angeles Lakers team. So kudos to him. And clearly, there's going to be a ton more storylines to get into. A little surprised that we weren't able to talk about the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, Clearly, they're off to a struggle, but we definitely are going to have our eye on them over the next coming weeks and really start evaluating if we should start believing the hype about Tibbs and what, he's, what he might be capable of doing for the Timberwolves as well, too. So a lot of great stuff already in this first week of NBA basketball, which just lends us more into keeping our eyes peeled uh, as for the weeks coming forward. You're tuned to The Baseline. Cali, Warren Shaw discussing the hot button topics of the NBA. And this was The Breakdown. Time now for The Drop, Cali Warren Shaw of the Baseline NBA Podcast. And this week on The Drop, let's talk about the rookies, man. The ROYs. Um, no, we're not going to do an ROI check. I mean, it's too early for that. It's only been three games. But it is interesting, Shaw, because a lot of hype has been, been put out there about some of the rookies that were on display uh, for the first few games of this NBA season. None more so than clearly Joel Embiid. I mean, this has been kind of like that. It's kind of like the first year when Joel Embiid was, was drafted, everybody was talking about this guy could either be Hakeem Elijah one or Greg Oden. And, man, those are two really, really far extremes, man. I mean, seriously far extremes. And if you're a GM, you got to be saying to yourself, man, am I really? Really? You got to be in my draft for this, man? Can't you, I mean, can't you give me something a little bit easier that when I draft a person, it's a hit or miss and I can feel good about it? And this is just like, you know, he he reminds me, that this whole Joel Embiid saga reminds me a lot like The Italian Job. See, nobody remembered The Italian Job movie when it first was made some 50 years ago with, with Donald Sutherland. Right, but everybody remembers the the the, the Italian job with Mark War, uh, Wahlberg and with Most Deaf and, and my my girl crush Charlize Terran and you know what I'm saying Seth Green and everybody and Jason Statham we remember that 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 Italian job we remember it so much that's like kind of like our classic right and we're like all right there needs to be a sequel and then all of a sudden the rumors came out about the Brazilian job and we're like yeah yeah that's what I'm talking about because everybody wants to go to Brazil right and then the movie never takes place. And I feel like that's exactly what happened with Joel Embiid. We're all waiting and anticipating for the Joel Embiid to either be the Hakeem Elijah one or the Greg Oden. And we basically had to wait two years before he finally got onto the basketball court. And now with the Philadelphia 76ers looking exactly (laughs) the way that they are, (laughs) which is really the the biggest question mark of all of the teams in the NBA. So much hype about Joel Embiid. And you know what? He showed out. He actually showed out, and I damn near forgot that he was a rookie because I feel like he should be in his third year in the NBA right now.
0: Yeah, but, I mean, you have to really think about it, Embiid's overall, just his his whole mantra, what he's embodied, and what he means to the city of Philadelphia and that 76th roster. Listen, we all know they're not going to be competitive this year. They're going to struggle but he seems to be every bit the player that they want him to be. Still on the minutes restriction, but he's looked great in the minutes that he has played and looks like a guy who's ready to embrace being a franchise-type player. You mentioned you, you mentioned Greg Oden. I think Mike Conley, Greg Oden's best friend, said, listen, he sees Embiid, and he's like, that's what Oden should have been. Um, and you definitely see some of the Hakeem Olajuwon-ish type moves out of Embiid as well, too, hitting jumpers, spin moves in the paint, playing some good defense as well, too. Um, I can't wait to see him get off the minutes restriction and Hopefully, you know, by January, mid-January or whatever the case may be, you know, he's playing more along the lines of 25 to 30 minutes a night and we can really see this guy put up some statistics, man.
3: And then the only thing that you can obviously hope for is that he maintains a level of health where there will not be chronic injuries to impede this greatness that we're talking about. Look, we've already seen this kind of taking fruition with guys like Anthony Davis, you know. The the fortunate thing for us with Anthony Davis is that he has not suffered injuries like that requires microfracture surgery and and things where uh, a second unexpected injury, you know, might again diminish the talent capacity that this guy already has within himself. So listen, if I'm the Philadelphia 76ers and I'm in awe about what Joel Embiid has already given you just in these first couple of games under minutes restrictions, if I even hint if i even smell a possible injury i'm listen i might i might him i might even restrict him from coming into the locker room i might restrict him from coming out on the basketball court during warmups i might even restrict him from walking out there by himself we got to get him one of those little wheelchairs that you you know the little auto, those little automatic wheel uh, uh you know uh, electronic wheelchairs wheel him out there onto the basketball court and only when the tip off happens should he be playing If I feel like he is what everybody is seeing from him and what he's already shown. And look, he's an amazing basketball player. Um, But it's not going to mean anything if he can't be on the basketball court for a substantial period of time.
0: No, you're right. And I think that's all that they're concerned about. They're concerned about with all three of their bigs. We talked about it in the preseason. You know, they should they should they move one of them. Two of them are hurt, you know, and Okaver is also on a minutes restriction and Noel is out for the next four or five weeks. So, you know, they definitely got to be careful with all three of those guys um, and make sure that they're all healthy before they make any type of move. But it does seem like Embiid, as of right now, from a talent perspective, based on what little we've seen in this small sample size, he seems like the one with the most upside and the one that they should be keeping.
3: All right. So now let's go ahead and, and take a look now at the overall overall. Uh, get an overall feel of how the rookies have fared so far in these first couple of games. Are we seeing some dynamic play from the rookies or are they pretty much like, you know, those rookies in first day in in high school, first day in college, first trip to the NCAA tournament? Are there rookie jitters that has taken over for some of these guys and we're seeing a lot of hesitant play and it's not free flowing as what we were expected from guys like Buddy Heal, Chris Dunn and those guys?
0: Yeah, I think opportunity just hasn't been there for, for, for much many of them as well. That's what it boils down to. Yeah, you know, I think Heald specifically was it my rookie of the year and thought he was going to get all these minutes, but it looks like he's buried in the rotation a little bit and is going to just come on and, and try to be a spot minutes guy right now? And if that's how Josh wants to use him, then I don't see how he's really going to really – Get the the burn that he needs to develop in in, 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 the, in the first season, um, and then you look at a guy but like Brandon Ingram. Shaw, before before go you
3: ahead. go, before you go to Brandon Ingram, Shaw, I, I got to tell you, it, and it is a little disturbing for me to not see Alvin Gentry using Buddy Heald, um and putting him just putting him out there. I, I don't know what what exactly is it that he's saving him for.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know, you know, and and Gentry has has his has his ways. Etwan Moore outplayed him in the in the preseason and won that starting job and i think more is is definitely is nba c- caliber type player who who's been overlooked most of the season most of his career rather but um if i'm if i'm the pelicans i'm playing healed and getting him that that you know that 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 experience that he needs to be out there on a regular basis but you know gentry sees it differently as of, as of right now um and lance stevenson's on made the team and he's getting out there and, and playing as well too so Tyreek is a couple weeks away, so I don't know where that will leave Healed. You know, when it comes, you know, December, what what will happen there? Where he get any minutes at all? So I'm a little concerned about that, especially for my prognostication of Hield being Rookie of the Year. Well, listen, for a moment, okay? I'm
3: just talking about the overall growth and development because we've seen this already happen with the last couple of first round rookie draft picks who are in situations where. it's kind of interesting that the draft pick kind of goes against the grain of thought of what management is doing. Uh, Case in point, you look at the Boston Celtics. Okay? The Boston Celtics draft Marcus Smart. They drafted Marcus Smart to be the heir apparent to Rajon Rondo. Okay? And once we saw them go for Marcus Smart, we knew that Rajon Rondo's days were numbered in Boston. Okay? It was a matter of getting the right deal to really substantiate the thought process that we're, we're rebuilding, okay? Because Boston Celtics fans did not like this whole thought process about rebuilding if you're not going to put guys out there that you're willing to play. And we didn't know how Brad Stevens was going to work the rotation and all this other kind of stuff. And he did a fantabulous job because we had no idea what Danny Ainge was doing. And I feel like the same thing could easily happen to Buddy Yield in this situation because you go out and you draft this guy. He is a shooting guard, okay? And I'm not saying that this guy is going to shoot like Steph Curry. People are making that out to be that kind of guy, but forget that. You just want someone that is willing to shoot the basketball, right? And then you go out and you get Etwan Moore, and now you've got this, again, this overflow or this, over, this, this flux in your position. So what do you do with your first-round draft pick? It is the same thing now that has happened with the Boston Celtics. Because minus Marcus Smart's injuries, he's not developed himself to be the guy that they've they've now had to work this quote-unquote three-headed monster. They can't offload Avery Bradley. I feel like this is exactly what's going to happen with Buddy Yield. And it's a shame because I think Buddy Yield is the kind of guy where if you've given him the minutes, the confidence and his ability to be great in this game will grow. Now he sits again in another situation in an organization that is gonna misuse the talent that he can display on a night on a night in and night out basis.
0: I mean, that just goes back to, to management and gentry and all the things that, that you know, seem to be wrong with that organization. I was listening to a podcast earlier in the week, um, you know, Chris Axman, our, our guy Tim Topkins also from the Drive and Dish podcast too, um, our guy coach Nick Oliver Maroney and another gentleman as well too, they more or less had a basketball roundtable and they were talking about the Pelicans uh, training staff and how those training staff is basically, it's, it's a New Orleans Saints training staff, they just bust them over from, from the Saints arena, that the Pelicans don't have their. Own dedicated training staff and things like that are like little things that that say to me that organization is not taking things seriously. Um, and if that is even in any small indication of what's going on in New Orleans, seeing a guy like Healed right now not get the minutes when he de- definitely deserves them or needs to be getting them, so he can develop, that just says to me, you know, listen, we we see where New Orleans is, and that's why we don't know if Ad will be there for the rest of his career.
3: Yeah. All right. So <laughs> that and that to me sounds like where the bottom line is going to be, right? Like if you're Anthony Davis. And you're telling me that you're building, you know, a team around me. Um, and this is what you're doing with guys that I can clearly see want it. They want to be in it. They and See, the, the other thing that's funny too as well, Shaw, is Anthony Davis is not that far off from Buddy Heald in the sense that Anthony Davis has only been in the NBA for like four years. Yeah. Four years is not completely a long time. Like you can look at Anthony Davis as being a veteran, all right, if you want to. But because Anthony Davis is not, is not played – you know, 80 games at least once in his career, okay? And the fact that he's only seen the playoffs one time since being a part of this organization, to him, he already has a ticking clock. And so when you start bringing in talented players and you can see that talent... There's a you know There needs to be a, a sincere gap if you're going to buy into the idea that it's time to move him along or anything like that. He's going to see the frustrations a lot sooner than maybe someone like KD before they got Russell Westbrook because that's part of the reason why Kevin Durant stayed in OKC. He saw the potential in Russell Westbrook and the fact that Russell Westbrook came in at an early time frame between Kevin and uh, in, in KD's career so that when KD came to that first contractual agreement, he wasn't just going to be like, you know what, I'm going to bolt. Like, well, you know what, I kind of see it. I, I see it with, with him, and I see it with Ibaka. You know what I'm saying? So here you have this small window of opportunity to show Anthony Davis that you got a young, talented player, and you want him to be great next to you, and he's sitting behind Etuan Moore. No disrespect to Etuan, but come on now. You, you have him sitting behind each one more. And you're not going to tell me that you're going to, you're going to sell the idea that Anthony Davis has confidence when Tyreek Evans comes back. He's been playing with him for two years already. Yeah. I mean,
0: again, it's, it's just what they do. Um, and for whatever reason, uh, he'll feel behind in the rotation. He started the first preseason game. I think it was and played well. Then came off the bench, still played well off the bench, too. But now it seems like, you know, like they're messing with his confidence a little bit. Um, and and I, I I don't know. I mean, there's still a long – it's a long year. Remember, Devin Booker was on the bench for their first roughly 55, 60 games last year and then finished strong and really did his thing towards the end of the season. So I don't know if that's what's going to happen with Heald, um or not. But nevertheless, you you, you want to make sure that they get him some minutes. I mean, he's getting 18 minutes a game roughly, um, just not getting starters minutes. And But it's definitely going to be more crowded once Tyreek Evans comes. Back and then, if Drew Holiday gets back as well too, I just don't know where all these minutes will go for all these front court. Or sorry, these backcourt guys.
3: All right, Shaw. So, for all all, all things considered, I mean, clearly, the, you know, the, the spectrum the scope of greatness is so varied when we talk about Joel Embiid and and Buddy Hill. But what about guys like Brandon Ingram, guys like Chris Dunn? What is it that you've seen so far from from these guys? And is there either you know room for aspirations or cause for pause on these guys?
0: Um, I think you just want to be careful with with both of those guys, specifically Ingram had an opportunity to, to really, I guess he's like a pseudo point forward or even maybe a point guard. They said they're going to use him as a backup point. So I was a little surprised to see that in the, in the first game. and But he did okay. You know, did okay with that. And then, except so for a minor bone bruise, so I think he might miss a couple of games now, too. So you just want to make sure that your rookie, you know, potential uh, franchise player is not going to have any real setbacks. They already had an issue with, like, Julius Randle a couple seasons ago where he got injured and missed the entire regular season after game one. So they're going to be real careful with Ingram and with Dunn. Again, he's a defensive presence. We already know that. Um, we'll see if he's going to be able to challenge Rubio for minutes, you know, anytime soon and and, and really get into maybe push his way into to that starting lineup as the Timberwolves have started off a little bit rougher than some would have hoped and would have thought they would have um but overall I think both of these two guys again they're just going to get a a a a, a small allotment of minutes for for right now but they have seemed to they've done they've done the most they could I think in those little bit of minutes it's
3: interesting because it's hard for us to gauge you know how talented Chris Dunn is really going to be because right now we're looking through the, the we're looking in a look we're 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 viewing this through a looking glass of the Minnesota Timberwolves struggling right now and I mean, you know, all things considered, it's not like their their schedule has has, has been, you know, easy so to speak. It would have probably been nice if they had a couple of games you know, where they came in and really felt good about themselves, you know, knocking off one of, you know, one of the lesser teams so to speak. But I agree with you. I feel like with Chris Dunn, um, it's going to be based on how Tom Thibodeau is going to best utilize him. I know what he what he what he can get from him. And I think as long as Chris Dunn continues to stay true to those things that has made him the first round draft pick, highly touted draft pick that he is, he'll be fine. I think the rest of his game will translate to putting him in significant situation putting him in opportunities to have significant um impact on what that team is going to do moving forward. Now, Brandon Ingram, I gotta tell you, he's in a really ideal situation with Luke Walton because I really feel like what I saw was interesting for me. Brandon Ingram was running kind of like the point a few times. And listen, teams have been toying around with the, that 7'5", seven, seven wind-spang, point-forward type, you know, situation. Milwaukee with Atitokounmpo, okay? You get this with KD now in Golden State. I will not be surprised if Luke Walton figures out a way to get Brandon Ingram those minutes because you can clearly see that D'Angelo Russell and Jordan Clarkson are kind of figuring it out, and they're going to be a pretty good back combination. But you still are overflooded with guys like Lou Williams, who I anticipate they're going to have to figure out a way to move this guy. But with Brandon Ingram, man, if they're going to give him opportunities to basically act as like a point forward, this could bode well for his development process and getting those minutes that if he wasn't going to be already a starting player for the Los Angeles Lakers, he will still have an impact as they continue to go through their growing pains.
0: Right, exactly, and think just giving him an opportunity to develop as a playmaker, um, and you know, get get his own shot at times too, if necessary he's going to have all the skill sets that he needs to have, you know, by, by year's end, I think. And you just could see him progress and get better, especially under Luke Walton's le- tutor, tutelage, if you will. Um, and D'Angelo Russell can definitely help him out too, you know, being, being a rookie and being a, being a rookie in LA and what he needs, to, uh, what he needs to work on and how he needs to just, you know, get, get some of the media out of there and just focus on his game overall. Ingram is going to get his playing time, assuming he can stay healthy as well too. Um, and I'm not worried about him at all, but he did look okay in the first couple of games that I saw him.
3: All right, Shaw, any dark horse, uh, rookie uh rookie reactions that you've seen Uh, you know I got one but I just I'm curious if there's any others that kind of stood out to you that is kind of you know say hey keep you guys on keep your keep your eye on
0: on such and such um, yeah, I mean, no, not really. I think from a rookie standpoint, you know, there's a couple guys like, oh, they're getting like minutes like Herman Gomez, I think from the Knicks. So I was like, oh, you know, he's out there and, and he's playing well. And <laughs> he's like, in. Oh,
3: he's out there. but oh, That's nice. <laughs> no,
0: I mean, but I mean, we I didn't know how many minutes he'd actually get to begin the year. So to see that he's actually a part of the, is the rotation, I think is, is a nice um, bonus for me as well, too. Uh, uh, Jamal Murray didn't really. Not doing a whole lot, and I think in Denver right now, and, and Deontay Murray in San Antonio, not getting a whole lot of burn as well, too. So, um, but for me, you know, there's not a whole lot of, I guess, dark horses, but interested to see who you have in mind, my man
3: Isaiah Whitehead. I'm telling you, man. Yeah. Well, listen, look, Randy Foy is injured, okay? But you got, listen, I, I gotta say. Very bold by Kenny Atkinson if he didn't feel confident not to put him in the basketball games, especially during a critical stretch uh, the other night against the Milwaukee Bucks. And he made two great plays, and then he made two boneheaded plays. But you know what? That's who you have. That's why he's on your roster. You play him, you know? And sometimes I understand coaches don't play guys because they don't listen. They, they, they They don't do what you ask them to do well enough. You may not have confidence in them. But what does Kenny Atkinson have to lose? Okay? There's a reason why he got drafted. Okay. And there's a reason why he has to be a part of this basketball team. And the only way you're gonna know if it's gonna mean anything is you gotta put him out there on the basketball court in real-time situations and get them to do the things you want them to do. And I and I'm telling you, if Isaiah Whitehead continues to get the minutes, he's gonna find himself. Now listen, I I I said dark horse for rookie of the year, but that's basically if Joel Embiid, uh, you know falls on his head, and is gone for the rest of the season. Buddy Heald gets deported back to the Bahamas. Chris Dunn, you know what I'm saying, like jumps in in an ice pool with Kevin Love um, and doesn't come out of the ocean. It's going to take like a miracle for any of that to happen, to work in the favor of Isaiah Whitehead being in any conversation about being a rookie of the year. But as a rookie having an impact on a basketball team, he has a direct route to being a hometown favorite and to actually doing some things that's going to take notice because when you look at that next roster, what is out there that (laughs) doesn't give him the opportunity to get that run, dude? That, to me, is what stands out more than anything. And already seeing that at the early outset of the season, to me, is a good sign of someone who understands that this is his opportunity to kind of make his name and to get his name out there a lot more as someone that should be a part of that regular rotation moving forward.
0: Well, I think overall the Brooklyn Nets are a a surprise team overall. I think they've been surprised shockingly competitive in all the games. Like this, give you a this, heart attack competitive, week.
3: like saying, Oh my God, I can't yeah, believe yeah, they're still they're in the yeah. basketball game.
0: Yeah, they just they just don't quit and they surround their guys with a bunch of shooters who, who can knock things down if they're open and they're not necessarily the most known names in the NBA. Um but they they can get it done if if you give them an open look and they're gonna hustle, they're gonna scrap and they're gonna fight and it's a bunch of cast offs if you will and they all have something to prove. Um, and Whitehead, you know, being coming in as rookie, I think he has great opportunity to play behind Lynn and be a play creator um, and, and, and give them the ball distribution that they need, so the Nets are going to be an interesting team. Whitehead, I think, is going to be a, a, a better than expected rookie. So yeah, kudos to you, man, for making that selection early on.
3: I no no no, I don't need the kudos. I I just want to continue to see here his name being thrown out there, so that it just continues to make me look good. That's all. It's all I'm asking for. Not asking for much. So Isaiah sure. Whitehead, keep balling, brother. Keep brawling. You got you. saying you got constituents here that that want you to succeed, man. They want you to succeed. Nevertheless, when we talk about the rookies. There's obviously some great rookie play, not clearly like what we what we we've seen in, in in years past, but it will it will come, and I think a lot of that will also be impacted when Ben Simmons finally makes his uh you know plays his first game in the NBA as well too. But for the most part, some really impressive results so far for some of the rookies. Um, I think more so, and probably in a topic that'll take place you know, in you know maybe our next show or the show after is the sophomores, sophomoric play. Guys like Rashard Vaughn, you know, guys like those we're going to be talking about because it's, it's, it's quite clear that some of them have already read the writing on the wall. They get the message. This is an opportunity for them to shine and some of them are already taking advantage of it. So, but for now, rookies, respond, react. It's all good. It's what's making the NBA really, really nice to watch right now. You're tuned to The Baseline, Cali, Warnshaw, discussing the hot-button topics of the NBA and this with The drive. Coast, to coast. Coast, coast, coast. Time now to go coast-to-coast coast discussing the news in the association. You ready to rock and roll, Mr. Shaw? Absolutely,
0: man. Let's ride.
3: Roy Hibbert. Oh, my rude boy, Roy. Has to have his knee drained. He's going to miss some time. How big of an impact to the Charlotte Hornets?
0: Um, I mean, for five blocks in the first game, only got to play two minutes in the game, two, So you can definitely feel his impact. They won that first game ended up winning the second one as well, too. But um, they missed him against the Boston Celtics in game three. And if he's going to miss extended time, that's definitely going to hurt their reputation. Looked like he was poised for a little bit, a little bit of a bounce back. Um, hopefully this isn't going to send him back too much. Hopefully he'll be back out there soon.
3: All right. Rodney Stuckey himself stuck on luck. He suffers a hamstring injury and he's expected to miss some time. How badly will this impact the Pacers?
0: Jeez, man, Stucky just can't ever stay healthy, gets injured every single year. Um, and he's vital to what they're trying to do from a bench standpoint in Indiana. Uh, you know, not a great start for them too, one and two to begin the year. Um, if he's going to miss some, some some significant time, look for guys like Joe Young, you know, like the Isaiah Whiteheads of the world <laughs> to go out there and definitely get some minutes and burn out
3: there. All right, Jody Meeks. I like I like how you snuck that one in there. Really, really clever there, buddy. Really. I like try, uh, try. Russell Westbrook, cute, real cute. <laughs> Jody Meeks, Tyreek Evans, hope to resume practice in a few week in the, a few weeks. And what's that supposed to mean for the Pelicans?
0: Uh, well, you know, as we said earlier in the show, it could mean trouble for our man, Buddy Heald. Um, but nevertheless, if, if Evans is back, you know, and the ones can get another playmaker out there, a guy who's going to drive to basketball and, and drive and kick on a regular basis as well, too. Um, so that's good for them. Um, and if Meeks comes back, give Orlando another shooter. They Again, they struggle to begin the year. So I guess all the help they can get is is, is what they need. And if Meeks comes back healthy, it should be a good thing for them.
3: All right, now you posted this one. is a very interesting, I guess, byline to throw out there. So I'll let you elaborate on it. Mason Plumlee is ready for restricted free agency. What does that mean?
0: Well, it means that he doesn't seem like uh, he's going to get an extension immediately from, from Portland and he's gonna hit the market, and then Portland will have the opportunity to match what our offer receives instead of just locking him up right now. Um, lots of guys being discussed, you know, as we, as we record today, Stephen Adams, Victor Oladipo, you know, guys like that too, in terms of uh, being extended. Um, but it looks like the, the trailblazers are going to be like, you know what, let's see, you know, we've, we've put a lot of money into Alan Crabb and Evan Turner. Um, do we wanna go ahead and really go all in with, with, with Mason Plumlee? And if so, then that really does lock up their roster and it's gonna prohibit them from making any other moves. All right,
3: and finally, Shaw, the finger-wagging finally gets raised in the Denver Raptors. They are retiring the jersey of number 55, Dukembe Mutombo. Well-deserved, man.
2: Well-deserved.
0: Absolutely, so happy for it from a and he was excited to to receive that that accolade for him, and was on the broadcast reminiscing about their their upset win over the Seattle SuperSonics back then, and all the great things that he's had throughout his career. He was a great staple uh, for the for the city of Denver, and it's great to see him get recognized and all the great things he's done in the NBA and in all the communities surrounding the world.
3: I got to tell you, man, it was so remarkable watching him do the improbable, um, which is lead that basketball team. Uh, to such an upset in the playoffs and of course you know at that time frame I was a Seattle Supersonics fan so to see you know Sean Kemp uh, Gary Payton and those boys Ricky Pierce and those boys lose I'm sorry Nate McMillan and those boys lose to the likes of you know Dikembe Mutombo um, I was I was angry I was I was hurt but I was happy at the same time because Dikembe Mutombo has always been one of the most fierce competitors and he was the last of a dying breed I feel like in, in many respects where being an interior presence, um, and and really being one of the few people that wasn't intimidated, and in playing Shaquille O'Neal when he was literally dominating in the NBA, the back end of his career, man, it was just remarkable how he would continue to cause fits, you know, for for Shaquille O'Neal. And uh, he was the type of guy he never felt like you had to double team, you know, he whoever wanted a double team, he always wanted to play the best competition straight up. And uh, he's willing to, you know, he embraces the victories. Um, he enjoys them, but he also embraced the losses and as well, too. And he embraced a lot of those losses. You know, he suffered through them, had a few opportunities where he could have uh, won, won NBA gold, uh, but fell short. But uh, kudos to Nikemi Mutomo, man. Such a deserving basketball player. And I'm very glad the Denver Nuggets um, were able to celebrate uh, his career and what he meant to that organization for the years that he played for them.
0: Yeah, can't, can't agree with that more. Stops in Atlanta, um, stops in Philadelphia as well, To Played great everywhere he was. So salute to Dikembe and his overall legacy and salute to the Denver Nuggets organization for making sure they retired his number and raised it to the Raptors, as you said earlier, man.
3: Uh, couldn't yeah, Definitely, brother, definitely. All right, man, awesome show this week. Extensively covered a lot already to discuss in this NBA, and it's only been a few games. Uh, really a great week of NBA basketball. And the weeks ahead, I'm sure, is definitely going to be even more amazing Uh, But with you, man, I mean, there is no uh, there's no stone left unturned when it comes to these discussions and these storylines that are building up and developing, man. And, you know, it's a great way for us to kick off the NBA season
0: yeah couldn't agree more again it's, it's, an, it's been an amazing first week lots of more to cover lots of storylines that are still going to develop we're sure going to start to hear some trade rumors and things like that too so i mean i'm just I'm, I'm dug in i know you're dug in just make sure you stay tuned with us guys it's gonna be a great season most definitely so for the baseline cali
3: warren Short, we appreciate you guys you know we do welcome back to the nba and we'll catch up with you next time